Hey, my name is Dan and I have Asperger's syndrome. So I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome on the 23rd of June 2013 when I was 26 years old. I found that it's not a shock to be diagnosed with autism, but it was a shock to be diagnosed that later on in life. And I feel like there wasn't much available in the 90s to diagnose me, you know, all my life I'd been going through struggles, like my parents took me to see child psychologists, took me to see doctors, um, took me to see, you know, the teachers and the principals in the schools to find out what was going on, why were my grades lacking, why wasn't I playing outside with the other kids, why did I have to have, you know, extra curriculum in different areas, my parents didn't know what was going on, they didn't understand and they tried their best, but there wasn't a definitive answer back in the 90s. You know, when I was in school, when I was in primary school, I had such fear of social anxiety, I could barely actually get up and go to the actual school. Um, and more importantly, I had a hard time actually getting to school, you know, actually being there in school was difficult. I remember specifically when I was about nine, eight or nine years old, all of the, the class used to go out on a uh, weekly trip to go swimming. But I was so scared of going outside of the classroom and getting on a bus with a bunch of kids and then going to the swimming pool and having that same realization that I'm in a swimming pool with loads of kids that they made reasonable adjustments for me to uh, stay in the classroom on my own, you know, it was the 90s. And so when everyone went to the uh, sports center to go swimming, I was left in the classroom to my own devices. And I like that. I like being on my own. I like that peace and quiet. It gave me chill time away from the other kids and I get to just sit in the reading corner and just chill out really. And that was the idea of, of what I did. And, and I like that, but you know, <laughs> nobody thought it was that strange because I was always like that, you know, as I was that strange kid. Another time was, I remember specifically not being able to go outside in the playground at, at playtime and break times because, you know, having to go outside and be with other kids is such a difficult thing. When it was break time or lunch time, my parents made a deal with the school teachers that I was able to sit indoors and play on the computers because I've always been obsessed with computers. So that kind of worked really well. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with space, science, and computers and robotics and electronics and chemistry. I was so taken by the idea of, of trying to make cool stuff and, and creativity was just like oozing out of me. My parents bought me loads of chemistry kits and loads of like electronic kits so I could make my own radios and then I ended up getting really into CB radios. Then I was actually really into robotics. I wanted to build a robot and then a guy that I knew, a dyslexic kid from down the road, um, he, me and him built uh, like a robot, a, a robot that you would normally see on like Robot Wars, you know, it was like basically like a, an, an RC car that we kind of adapted, added things onto um, and I was always into this. We also also created um, extension aerials for um, walkie-talkies. You know you get those like cheap like dollar store walkie-talkies and like, one pound in the pound shop walkie-talkies uh, and we developed uh, an aerial that we could attach to that that would increase the range by a mile at least which was just amazing and I loved that. I, I was just so so into that and I loved computers but we weren't um, fortunate to have have a computer at home at the time when I was a child so the only access I had was in school and the good thing about it was not going outside of the playground, I got to play with computers in school. Now, when I was in that primary school age, you know, between the ages of like five and maybe 10, my parents took me to see a child psychologist and they said that I had, uh, you know, dyslexia. They also said I had like short-term memory loss, that I was just quite an intense kid. I was overly shy. I had agoraphobia. Um, there was a bunch of different kind of conditions that they, they labeled me with, but none of them were, was autism. And at the time it was because autism wasn't something that they knew about, you know, it wasn't something that was in, you know, a remote 
town in Wales in the United Kingdom, you know, it was when Canner and, and, and Asperger were doing his research and that, that was way different timing to when, to when they started diagnosing it in the 90s in America. So I was left out of that kind of ability to have help or, or somebody who understood exactly what was going on and, and I found that difficult. But then it went up a notch. When I was in primary school, my parents used to walk me to and from school and, and I loved this and um, I felt a really deep uh, sense of calm when I was with my parents and I liked that because I felt comfortable and safe but as soon as they left I felt like I'd just been you know stripped naked and thrown into an ice cold bath of water and I just didn't know what to do. I couldn't focus. I was so anxious in, in class that I couldn't focus on my work so my grades dipped in you know in primary school. I I couldn't communicate with my peers because like I had so much pent up anxiety and also the communication. You know, I was thinking about robotics and science and my peers just want to talk about football and like just, I don't know, hanging out and, and kissing girls and stuff. And I, I didn't care at all for those things. I wanted to just, I don't know, just do me and just, I don't know, just, just do electronics and, and I don't know, I was just super into science and nobody else was. I also used to get in a lot of trouble uh, during that period because the teachers would try and say stuff and I was more educated in certain fields of like, uh, I don't know, I was really obsessed with UFOs and aliens and that led me on to reading about the pyramids and, uh, and in science in general and I always used to correct the teachers um, and because I think in a very logical way and because I was thinking very literal, my parents had to keep coming in to the school and speaking with the teachers to say like, why is Dan displaying this and why is Dan saying that and why is he correcting the teachers and he shouldn't be doing that. And yeah, they just, it kind of felt like they weren't happy with the fact that I was correcting them. You know, here's this like seven to eight year old kid correcting your ability to uh, to teach. And uh, I think they found, took offense to that. I didn't know at the time. This was kind of later on in life when I figured this out. But like I was saying, my parents used to walk me to and from school, which I loved, but then I didn't actually go to the school. So I was just to kind of make up excuses to go home because I felt sick and I didn't want to go in and stuff. And I felt way more secure in my room with my stuff. And that's how it always was. Now, when I went to high school, there was a different kind of tone. You know, you can't have kids between, you know, 12 and 16 getting their parents walking them to and from school when, you know, the, the school's only like two or three blocks away from your house. So this was a difficult time. So when I first started high school, I was in my first home, which was the home I grew up in. And it was about two or three blocks away from the house. And my parents, couldn't walk me to and from school because they were working and stuff so my, I had to walk with my siblings and they were only in the school for a year so it was really difficult one of the most difficult times of my life was getting to and from high school uh, for a few months in that first year of high school it was just so overwhelming I, I just felt like how can I explain it I don't know if you have you ever seen the movie Beetlejuice where they open the door that the, the two the two characters are dead and then they say they want to go outside and the Beetlejuice says you can't go outside because when you open the door it's like a huge sand pit and these steaks are going to eat you and that's exactly what it was like you know outside between being in school and being in my home which are like two bases actually being outside in public was like without my parents or anybody I knew who was just like I was drowning in like this sea of sand and just it was just horrible it was like probably the worst experience of my life um to date w w with the condition so that that was hard but what happened was my parents were getting a bit annoyed they were like well why can't you just be normal you know why can't you just go to school you know you have to learn to walk to school on your own you can't be this like you know worried about going to school and they didn't understand it and i guess it was getting to their the end of their tether and their patients are wearing thin because they didn't know they had no answers no doctors were telling them what was wrong with me and they were just like oh well you know this is dan and it just it must have really been a hard time for my parents as well but then something quite interesting happened 
although traumatic, he was quite good in a way. My uh, my family lost the, the family business, it, it imploded, and then we lost the house we were living in, which my parents owned, and then we moved into like state accommodation or council accommodation here in the UK. Um, and then, you know, you hit with welfare, it was like a different situation, and then I had to move into a room with my brother, and we, we all like moved into this like crazy small house compared to the house we were living in that we actually owned, um, and then he was just in like a rough neighborhood. But my dad grew up in this neighborhood and it was kind of like he knew everybody in it so the whole street they were really friendly and it was rough as hell but they they were really friendly they, they were really nice and they'd do anything for you and it was kind of nice so i got to feel a sense of because my dad was born in that street and he knew everybody in there it kind of extended my house outside onto the street and that was that was super revolutionary because i was able to then like go outside and play my bike in the street or, or like learn to skateboard which I now love in the street but the cool thing was the house was situated back to back with the high school so this made the commute to high school very very easy I just walked out of my door jumped over the back wall of our house and I was in the school that's how close it was like literally the school boundary wall was the wall to my garden so it was really good and that changed my life with my relationship with school and without that change um, I'm not sure how I would have dealt with school, but it was really good. I loved, I loved that we had the ability to do that, and we had, um, you know, making light of a dark situation. But you know, that was cool, and I managed to actually not thrive in school, but find my niche. I was able to then go into school and play music, and I started playing music with uh, some people in school. And music was to me like numbers is like music and numbers are so uh, the same. And I love music, so I taught myself to play like I don't know seven or eight just different instruments. And I joined a band and I started singing. And like I love music, so music became my passion because uh, where science I couldn't get it academically because none of the teachers in the school understood my need or my educational learning type. They couldn't teach me science, so I, was, I missed out on all the science stuff that I wanted to do. So that was kind of difficult. But then if we fast forward um, right to my mid-20s or my late 20s, I was actually trying to... Um, I was actually trying to figure out what was going on in my life and I had a huge meltdown in, in work and then because they changed my desk around. Basically we had a, a desk, we were all the same and it was the first proper big job I had um, and uh, you know, a grown up kind of job. And then they changed my desk around, they were moving everything and I got overwhelmed and I had a huge meltdown, like a huge breakdown and then they were like, oh my god, what's going on with Dan? And then they sent me to the therapy and I'm a therapist and uh, my girlfriend's mother actually, who is a mental health nurse, suggested that I had autism and then somebody else I know who has a kid on the spectrum also said hey you know you may be on the spectrum because of this so then I um, was formally diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome OCD ADHD and dyslexia um, the dyslexia one came earlier than the others but they all kind of came into this nice little package that was revolutionary it changed my outlook on what I needed to do because now I had I had, I had an idea of what I needed to to conquer you know what what is autism what what is Asperger's and what and then I had I had a basis of what was going on so then I able to I was able to kind of try and conquer stuff like starting this YouTube channel the YouTube channel that you're watching this video on right now was the result of me wanting to help educate people because when I was diagnosed I went online and Googled like help for Asperger's syndrome. What is Asperger's syndrome? What are some of the traits of Asperger's syndrome? Are there Asperger's people that I don't know of, uh, you know, that live close to me and all this stuff? And I couldn't really find information on it. So this is why I made the Aspie World YouTube channel. So in a nutshell, it was quite liberating getting a diagnosis and I think it helped tremendously. 
And from that diagnosis, I then went on to do an access to science course where I aced the maths and the science and then I got accepted to do a degree in chemistry and I am now a Bachelor of Science in Chemistry. I did a degree in chemistry and I love every second of it. And it was just amazing. My life took me in uh, kind of like supercharged speed after I got my diagnosis because I was able to focus on things and I wasn't worried about why I was different. And I feel like that is super important for anybody who may be going through the same struggles I am now. So if you suggest that maybe you have autism or what is autism, or, you know, I, I just wish you could share this video with somebody who may be able to find benefit from this or may be able to find comfort in this to know that they're not, you know, weird or different. They're just, uh, just wired a bit differently and that's cool.